patience. Man, what a thing. What a thing patience is. It's also a thing that I am not good at. I don't know about you, but patience is something that I struggle with. Waiting is not one of my favorite things to do uh, in this world. I mean, just a few weeks ago or a few months ago when I had the opportunity to speak with you guys, I told a story uh, about how I was standing in line for Chick-fil-A and the wait got to me. Therefore, I reached into my pocket, pulled out my phone, used the Chick-fil-A app because I hate waiting. Maybe you can relate. Maybe waiting is something for you that you say, man, you know what? It's not my favorite thing. I'm not about it. But what does waiting have to do for us as believers? There's an aspect of waiting that God puts us through that we need to understand that as believers, we're called to wait well. We're called to wait well. And listen, while I was confessing my sins, when I was confessing my sins about being the type of person who can't wait in a Chick-fil-A line, there was some of y'all that was laughing at me, okay? Some of y'all was laughing at me, but I'm about to expose you today, okay? All right? Because waiting is not just an issue that I have. Waiting is an issue that many of you have. And you know how I know? That's how I know right there. That's how I know right there. Some of y'all got waiting issues yourself. That's why you pay that fee to Amazon so that you don't have to wait like the other peasants of the world for your package to come. You dump money into Jeff Bezos' pockets so that you can get what you want at a reasonable time. You don't wait seven to five, seven to ten business days like the rest of us. Oh no. Two days max, you prime members, you. Right? Because you hate waiting. You don't want to wait. And, oh, God forbid your package arrived late. You've never written an email so fast in your life. You've never made a phone call so fast in your life if your prime package does not arrive on its two-day promise. Right? You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I need this potato peeler that I ordered off of Amazon Prime. Because i got to peel my potatoes. The minute you find out that it's not on time, man, you get this, like, kind of indignant kind of, like, posturing. You get this, this idea in, this, in your brain that, like, you know what? I deserve what I pay for. Right? I deserve what I pay for. I pay for prime. I deserve prime results. And all the prime members said, hey, look at you, exposed, exposed right there exposed right there. You pay prime membership, and therefore you expect prime results. Unfortunately, if you're like me, you're sometimes guilty of bringing your prime attitude into the throne room of God. Sometimes we're guilty of bringing this prime attitude into the throne room of God, and one thing you and I need to get under our, like in our minds and in our hearts and understanding very, very quickly is this. You may pay the price for Amazon Prime to be a Prime member, but you can never pay the price that Jesus Christ has paid for all of creation. None of us could pay that price. And so we can't bring this, this attitude into the throne room of God. 
When God has spoken something to us, when God has dropped something into our hearts, this attitude that says, God, you need to deliver on this timetable. You need to deliver in this manner. You need to deliver the way I expect you to deliver. I was frustrated. I was confused. I was upset. I was... God just wasn't doing things my way. Wasn't working on my timetable. It wasn't operating in what I thought was a conducive window for the things that were laid before me. I was like, listen, God, like, you've got to do these things. You've got to do it like this. You've got to do it on this timetable. God had to humble me. God began speaking to me about what it means to wait well, what that really looks like. And so today, I met this message, waiting well, is probably more about a little bit of a peek into my own life and where God is taking me and the things that he's speaking to me. But this morning, I want to offer you three reminders of what it means as believers to wait well. Three reminders of what it means as believers to wait well. The first reminder is this. As believers, we are called to wait prayerfully. If you and I have entered into this relationship with Jesus Christ and we've surrendered ourselves to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, then there's a couple things that have taken place. One, we've renounced our own kingdom to become in a, uh, citizens of the kingdom of God. Therefore, we don't operate on our own timetable. We don't operate on our own system, but we now become subservient to the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, waiting well means that we wait prayerfully. Now, this is important because I think sometimes within our Christian walk, we think that if we prayed one time, that it's good. We think we brought it before the Lord. I brought it before the Lord this one time. It's, we're good, right? God knows what I need, right? So what's the point of me bringing it before him again and again? Ah, come on, we don't have to do that. We could not be further from the truth. Waiting prayerfully means that we make prayer a priority. Prayer has to be a priority. Maybe you're sitting in this place today and there, you have this apathetic attitude towards the Lord. Maybe you're sitting here in this place and you've been ignoring God for, for some time over some things and some issues. Maybe you believe in your heart that God is angry at you. Maybe you don't even believe that God sees where you are. Maybe you don't believe that God cares about the things that are going on in your heart. Maybe you're here in this place and you're fearful of the Lord. Maybe you're fearful of God. You're, you're afraid of what he might say to you, of the things that he may speak over you. Maybe you think God can't possibly understand, but scripture tells us that Jesus Christ is an advocate who has been tempted in every way and understands us as human beings. Therefore, we can approach the throne of grace boldly. That's what scripture says. And therefore, because of that, you and I get to come before the Lord and wait prayerfully. Sometimes we have this attitude or this understanding. We say to ourselves, oh, you know, God, God's got all this stuff going on. He, he, he can't possibly think about the things that are going on in my life. I don't want to bother him. But that's not the nature of this relationship that we get to have with Jesus Christ. It's not the nature of this relationship. One of the things that I just, I just was struggling, man, I was struggling. I was like, God, I want to do this. I want you to do this. I need these things to move. I need it to happen in this timetable. And I said to myself, well, you know what? All right, cool. You know what? I'm going to pray about it. And then boom, all right, I'm done. Cool. Great. 
And the Holy Spirit, man, just cut me, man. I don't, I don't know about you, but I have these conversations sometimes. The Holy Spirit's so gentle, it'll just be like a brush, like a, and it feels like it just cuts so deep within my soul. And the questions are this. Are you praying about this? Notice that verbiage right there, right? Praying about this, right? Present progressive. It is here and now and continuing on. It is not something that is past tense. It's not something where you say, oh, I've prayed about it. I put it up there once or twice. No. Are you consistently bringing this before the Lord? That's what Paul tells us to do in Thessalonians, right? He says, pray without ceasing, right? And then he takes it a step further and he says, and bring an attitude of thanksgiving, If you want to wait well before the Lord, prayer has to be the priority, and it can't be a one-and-done type of thing. You say that you're a believer in Jesus Christ, then your life should be marked with prayer. Should be marked with prayer. Constantly going before the Lord. Bringing your issues before Him. Trusting that He is good. Oftentimes, when we bring things before God in prayer, we find that our disposition begins to change. Not necessarily the thing that we prayed for, but it's our hearts that begin to, get, become, begin to be transformed in the presence of God. There's a picture that comes to my mind when I think about waiting prayerfully, and that picture is Daniel. The book of Daniel tells us about a time when the Israelites are taken into Babylonian captivity, and it's just, it's not the best time for Israel. They're really struggling because they've been ransacked and then dragged off into a foreign land, a land not their own, forced to live there and and engage in their cultures and adopt to their type of uh, lifestyle. And man, a lot of them are just struggling. But Daniel, there's something about Daniel and waiting prayerfully that pops into my mind. Let me just give you a little bit of backstory about what's taking place in, our, in, this, in this particular picture that I'm thinking about. If you have your Bible, you can turn there to Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10 tends to unpack what I'm talking about in this specific point here about waiting prayerfully. But just to set this up, Daniel chapter 7, Daniel chapter 8, and Daniel chapter 9. In all three of those chapters, Daniel gets a vision from the Lord. He gets a vision from the Lord in each one of those chapters, these separate visions. And the way that the scripture tells, uh, tells the story is that when Daniel prayed, said immediately he received an answer. Daniel chapter 7, he, pray, he gets this vision, prays about it, gets an answer. Daniel chapter 8, he gets another vision, he prays about it, immediately gets an answer. Daniel chapter 9, he gets another vision, he prays about it. Scripture says, immediately he gets an answer. What I'm trying to say here is, my man Daniel is a Hallelujah Prime member, okay? He prays and his answers come like that. It's not, even, it's not a problem, it's not a question. Then we get to Daniel chapter 10, and something different takes place. Daniel chapter 10, Daniel gets another vision. This is a troubling vision. The vision is so troubling that it drives Daniel into a time of fasting and prayer. Now, in all those other chapters, in those previous chapters, we see he prays and he gets the answer right away. 
In fact, Scripture says that when the angels of the Lord come before Daniel, the way they greet him, they say, Oh, Daniel greatly loved. I mean, his prime membership has given him an official title. He is greatly loved in the kingdom of God. But here in Daniel chapter 10, he prays and he doesn't get an answer right away. He doesn't get an immediate response. But what ends up happening, the thing about Daniel that I want to highlight this morning is we see Daniel in Daniel chapter 10 putting himself in a position of continued fasting in prayer despite not getting the answer right away. It is his posture before the Lord to continue to pray, to continue to fast, to continue to seek despite not getting the answer in the same manner that he's accustomed to. Daniel chapter 10 says that he was in fasting and prayer for 24 days. I believe it says 24 days. For three weeks, he's waiting on an answer, but his disposition of prayer never changes. His disposition to come before the throne of God and fast before God never shifted, not once. And if you and I call ourselves believers of Jesus Christ, when it comes to waiting well, we need to learn how to wait prayerfully. Daniel embodies this in such a phenomenal way. I mean, there's some more even, there's an even like deeper layer to what's taking place here. And I, you know what, I'm just going to go there really quick. There's a, let me go a little Bible nerd here, right? We're going to drop it just down one more layer, if that's okay. What's taking place here is exceptionally interesting. Okay, so remember the, 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 the Babylonians have taken the Hebrews and they've brought them into Babylon. They've taken them into captivity, except for the remnant of Israelites who are left behind in Jerusalem. Now, there's a small pocket of them that are still there, right? And while there's a pocket of them that are there, there's some of them, some of them who claim to be prophets, who are prophesying and saying, hey, guys, don't worry, this is only going to last for two years. This is only going to last for two years. Don't worry about it. Relax. We're good. And then Jeremiah gets a word from the Lord. And the word that Jeremiah receives is that these guys are liars. God begins to speak to Jeremiah and it starts to hit Jeremiah in the heart, and he confronts these prophets. He tells them, you guys are lying. You prophesy out of your own hearts, out of your own minds. You do not know the mind of God. In fact, what you're saying is that this is going to last for two years, and I'm telling you that what God has set forth here in this captivity for us as Israelites is going to last for 70 years. Hello? Your prime package has just changed its delivery day. And Jeremiah sends word of this to those who are in Babylonian captivity. So imagine, you're one of the ones dragged off into captivity. You're imprisoned in this culture that you hate, you don't want to be there. And you're praying, God, release us from this captivity. And you get the first notification that says, don't worry about it. Two years, you guys are good. 
So you're like, cool, you know what? Let me kick my feet up. Let me relax. Let me chill. And then you get a second word. It says, no, no, no. Don't trust these guys. They prophesy out of their own being. What's really going to take place is you're going to be here for 70 years. Maybe you're in this place today and you are in the midst of something that you thought was not going to last as long as it did. My question is, are you waiting well before the Lord? Are you prayerfully seeking after him despite the fact that what you thought was a simple tragedy or a simple situation that would only last for a short amount of time has been extended beyond what you thought? Are you prayerfully waiting before the Lord? When it comes to waiting well, the second thing I believe is important for us as believers to wait well is to wait faithfully. Wait faithfully. When it comes to waiting on God, sometimes we can get discouraged because God spoke something to us. I'm sure if you were in that situation and you thought that God spoke to you about a two-year time period that was now changed to a 70-year time period, man, it could be easy to get discouraged and give up and say, well, you know what? Well, all right, well, I don't, I don't care about any of this anymore. I'm just going to do, do something different. I'm going to do something else. But for us as believers, when it comes to waiting well before the Lord, we need to wait faithfully. We cannot, we should not, and I would pray that you don't abandon what God has put in front of you. The reason why God has increased in your life is because you were faithful. Now is not the time to stop being faithful. Now is not the time to stop being faithful. When we go through things in life and God has blessed us and he's given us increase, it is sometimes so easy to abandon those things because now we've reached a mountaintop. But God did not bless you to abandon your faithfulness. God did not give an increase in your life so that you could quit. You and I are called to continue to be faithful to the things that God has placed in front of us. Faithfulness before the Lord is not optional. It is not optional. Sometimes we get this attitude that we deserve for God to be faithful to us, but let me give you a little bit of a newsflash here. Uh, no, God, we don't deserve God to be faithful to us, but he is, and that's what makes him good. You and I need to come to this place and this understanding that faithfulness before the Lord is absolutely necessary to wait well. It is because of God's grace extended to us, his mercy extended to us, that he shows his goodness to us in his faithfulness. So it, is only, it only makes sense that for us as believers, we continue to be faithful to him. The picture in my mind, that, that, the picture that comes to my mind of what this looks like and how we embody waiting faithfully before the Lord is David. David was anointed king at such a very young age. I mean, it was crazy. He was young, still working in his father's sheep pen. Prophet comes and says, hey, I'm here to anoint the next king. And he's searching for the spirit of, through the spirit of the Lord for the one that God has chosen. He finds David after going through the list of his brothers, and anoints him 
as king. There's so much about the story of David that we could actually unpack and and look to in terms of what it means to wait faithfully. But there's one thing, there's one specific thing that I want to highlight. If you have your Bibles, please turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. I believe that there is a passage of scripture here that points to the faithfulness of David, of what it means to wait faithfully before the Lord. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 15. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 15. See, David wasn't seeking the throne. He wasn't even part of the group that was first called to be looked at, to be scouted, to to become king. Scripture tells us that when he first gets called to the palace, it's because they want him to play the liar. But in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 15, it says this, says that David split his time between the palace and the sheep pen. He was anointed to be king, but he never abandoned what God had placed in front of him in the first place. You say, okay, well, that's cool. Why is that important? It's important because it is David's position as the chief shepherd over the sheep of his father's sheep pen that allows him to battle the bear, that allows him to battle the lion, that allows him to be prepared for his greatest fight against Goliath. In our lives, we will be placed in front of things that God has intended for us to shape and to mold us into the men and women that we're called to be. And sometimes you can get blindsided or get kind of distracted by all this other stuff on the outside. But if you truly want to become the person God has created you to be, you have to be faithful. Waiting on what God has for you means you wait faithfully in the things that are in front of you. As David was a sheep herder for his father, he learned to tackle beasts of the wild in preparation to tackle a giant. But that is not even what qualified him as being king. What qualified him was his heart before the Lord. You read this story. David was there and his brothers are upset because he's there. They're annoyed. They're like, why are you here? And David's the only person who's like, yo, are we seriously going to let this guy keep throwing blasphemies towards our God? David's focus is on the way that Goliath is speaking about their God. But he was built through faithfulness in the sheep pen. Waiting well means that we are faithful to the things that are in front of us. I don't know what's in your heart and in your life today. I don't know what things God has dropped before you, but here's what I do know, is that platforms have only ever elevated who you already are. So if you've failed to be faithful before the platform came, you will fail to be faithful when the opportunity of a platform does come. Faithfulness, something that we as believers cannot afford to skimp on. When it comes to waiting well, not only does waiting prayerfully matter, not only does waiting faithfully matter, but waiting hopefully matters as well. Waiting hopefully. Waiting well means that we wait hopefully. And recently in our culture, man, there have been 
so many people who have been struggling, battling against, battling against depression, thoughts of suicide, mental illness, so many things going on bringing these dark clouds over people's lives. I'm not just, I'm talking globally, I'm talking about around the world. There seems to be this culture of depression. And it's affecting the church. It's affecting us as believers in the church. And it's affecting our ability as believers to hope. Here's, here's something that I wrote down that I don't want to, I don't want to pass on. So I'm going to read straight from my notes because I, I feel like I just wanted to articulate this very clearly. Okay. What I am not saying is I am not saying that as a believer, you won't and can't experience those types of struggles. I'm not saying that as a believer, you won't bump into depression struggle against thoughts that are dark. But what I am saying is this, is that if there is anyone in this world who gets to hope despite the pain, despite the mental anguish, it's us as believers. Why? Because we have a living hope in Christ Jesus. And because of that, we get to hope. We get to wait, hopefully, because of what Christ Jesus has done in our lives. Jesus is the freedom that we hope for. Jesus is the peace that we hope for. Jesus is the salvation that we hope for. Jesus is the life, the life that we hope for. And because of his sacrifice on the cross, because of the shedding of his blood, we get to hope. We get to hope. And so waiting, hopefully, is an option for us as believers that is not afforded to everyone. It's not. It's not. If you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, waiting, hopefully, can be a struggle. But if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you have a living hope. Not a hope that is dormant, not a hope that is dead, but a hope that is alive because of what he has done on the cross for us. Waiting, hopefully. Believing that God has greater in store. Why? Because he is faithful and he is good. Jesus Christ resets our ability, excuse me, Jesus Christ resets our ability to hope because of what he's done on the cross. Because of this new covenant purchased with his blood, our ability to hope rests on the fact that no one took his life, but he offered it. Jesus gave his life, offered it on our behalf. And as believers, we get to wait Hopefully, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, despite not wanting to die in the manner that he had hoped to die, he trusted in the Father in hopes that his blood would be enough to reconcile all of creation back to God the Father. Hopefully. 
hopefully. I'm going to ask whoever is coming to play, or maybe Miss Bonnie, or somebody. <laughs> Thanks, Barry. This past Christmas, I had the opportunity to go back to St. Louis and spend some time with some family. Um, Christmas is always like a crazy time, obviously, because it's, it's Christmas. You know, people traveling, it's, it's just absolute, just like, rah, rah, like all over the place. Um, and we make the drive, we drive uh, from here all the way back to St. Louis, which is about 17 hours. Uh, back in the day, when the kids were younger, we used to be able to just do it, boom, one shot, but not so much, not so much now. Um, they, they won't allow it. Um, and, and even back in the day, like I said, that's back in the day. I guess that's back, back in the day we used to do it in one shot. But, now, but then back in the day, we used to have a travel potty in the van, so then we'd just be like, all right, use a travel potty. We only stop when, like, mom or dad has to go, all right? But you have the travel potty. You guys use the travel potty. We'll keep it moving. Keep it going. Um, which some people would say, oh, man, that's really smart. I'm like, you know what? That is smart. Until it spills. Then you're like, what? Like, you know, you're like, this is a horrible idea. Who thought of this? But we used to make that drive with the travel potty. Now, Cor Corbin, he's like, dad, I can't do it. <laughs> Which is, which is really fair and true. I was like, yo, man, he can't, he can't figure the trouble. I can't do this anymore. He's like, please. Dad, He's like, can we please? I'm like, yeah, bro, I got you. So we, we make more stops now, so it takes longer. But we went home, got a chance to, let's say home, you know, back home to St. Louis and visit some family. We get there, and my dad, it's like the first person we see, it's like literally maybe like, 20 minutes into being there I'm just like oh hey dad like you know what are you doing you busy you know he's like oh yeah my, my grandbaby's here oh come on now yeah I want to see my grandbabies it's like it's 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 he cares it's not about parents at the time you know it's about the, the grandkid so we go over to see him and we're talking he's like let's get some food let's get some lunch all right cool we get some lunch you know so then you know get lunch hanging out it's a cool Mexican restaurant and then he's like well, how long y'all in town? And I'm like, we're here for a week. And he's like, oh, man. He's like, well, I'm not going to be around for Christmas because I got this going on. But I, you know what? Let's, let's, take the, let's take the grandbaby shopping. Let's go. We're going to get shopping. We're go get him Christmas gifts. I'm like, okay. Go get him Christmas gifts. So we're in Walmart. We haven't really discussed the plan. But then finally I'm like, so, like, what are we doing? Like, what's the, what's the, what are we doing? What's the plan here? And then my dad says, <clears throat> then my dad says, okay, cool. Well, get them whatever they want. And I was like, Really? He's like, yeah, whatever they want. Let the babies get whatever they want. Mind you, this is a very stark difference than the way that I grew up. You understand? It was not that way for me growing up. Grandkids have this power to change the dynamic. And so I'm like, all right, cool. Whatever, whatever they want. So we're in Walmart. It is chaos. I mean, chaos. You, If you've been shopping during the holiday season, like if you're not a Hallelujah Prime member, then you understand the chaos that ensues. We're there. Kids are grabbing every, I mean, they're grabbing everything. Because in their minds, what they heard was Grando said, get whatever you want. 
So this shopping cart is full of stuff. I'm like, this is out of control. This is out of control. And so Phil, my, my, I tell you, uh, my dad says, all right, well, this, I guess this is what we're doing. I'm like, what do you mean? You guess? You're the one who said get whatever you want. He's like, well, I figured y'all know what they want, so, you know, you get whatever they want. I'm like, Dad, you can't say get whatever you want to kids. They just don't. So then Phyllis kind of snaps into Mamo. She's like, all right, three items, that's it. You're done. And Naomi, she's like, but I want everything. Literally verbatim what she said and did. She was like, shaking. I was like, this is, look what you've done. Look what you, you broke her, Dad, you know. And so we whittle away all this stuff. We take it away, break it down to three items each kid. And as we're pushing the cart out, as we're pushing the cart out, I hear Naomi uh, behind me, and she's singing this song. There's a song by Vertical Worship called Yes, I Will. And so we sing it sometimes as a family. And so she's in the back, like, holding this toy and she's singing, the same God that never fails, the same God that never fails. Like, it's like a line from the song, and it talks about the faithfulness of God. And she's like, the same God that never fails. Like, she just is singing that one line over and over and over again. And I'm like, what is the, so I turn around, I'm like, what are you doing? And she's got this little bird in her hand. And she's just singing away. And I'm like, what is, what is this bird? And my wife is like, she just turns to me, she's like, it's this bird that she asked for for her birthday two years ago. So two years ago, she saw this commercial on TV, saw this bird, and she wanted that bird for her birthday. And so Phyllis looked all over for this bird. She was, every Walmart that she could find, try to like stop into, she tried to find it, could not find the bird for two whole years. I was like, this is kind of crazy. Like you went, you kept looking for this thing for two years. She's like, Jamal, you don't understand. Every now and again, she would bring it up. She's like, mommy, do you know that I'm gonna get this bird? Like she would say to her, I'm going to get this bird. And she'd be like, okay, sweetheart. And so she was trying to find it, trying to find it, trying to find it, could not find it until she was in St. Louis and Naomi found it. And then my wife says she was looking for this thing for two years and I couldn't find it until the day before we left to come to St. Louis. So she's got another one wrapped underneath the Christmas tree back home in Jersey. And I'm just sitting here like, whoa, she came, she had zero, now she's got two? Now I'm walking beside the shopping cart, same God and never fails. Singing Naomi, the same God and never fails. So I'm bought in. And then my dad said something that absolutely just blew me away. He said, man, that's amazing. He's like, well, what's more amazing is she never gave up hope. For two years, she believed. And now she went from zero to two. Now, I'm not saying that that's how God works all the time, but I'm telling you that that's how he can work. That is something he absolutely can do. And so for us as believers, waiting hopefully, waiting prayerfully, waiting faithfully before the Lord's yields results that sometimes you're not even able to understand or contain. So I don't know if you're waiting on something, waiting on a loved one to come before the Lord, hallelujah waiting on a blessing before God, waiting on a promise from Him, 
I don't know, maybe you're in this place and you're waiting on a spouse. I don't know. But I know that when we wait prayerfully, wait faithfully, and wait hopefully, God does wondrous, miraculous things in our hearts and in our lives. So I just want to invite us into a moment of prayer. Because I believe that as believers, this is how we're called to wait on the, wait on the Lord, wait before the Lord. And maybe there are some things in your heart and in your life today that you've prayed once about, thought about, but never prayed about. Maybe there are some things in your life that you abandoned because you thought that God was going to do it this way or you thought God was going to do something different. Or and maybe you're in this place today and you just lost hope. Today, I believe the Spirit of the Lord wants to remind you that your hope comes from Him and His faithfulness. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're in this place today, you say, Pastor Jamal, I have trouble waiting well. And sometimes I struggle to wait prayerfully, wait faithfully, and wait hopefully. But today I see that this is what the Spirit of the Lord would have for me. This is what God would want for me. If you're in this place today, you say, that's me, Pastor Jamal. I, have str I struggle with waiting well. Would you slip your hand up real quick? I just want to pray for you today. I struggle with waiting well, man. Thank you so much. I see those hands. I appreciate your honesty. Thank you so much.